Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. Well, Amy, what in the world would life be like without Twitter drama? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would certainly be a lot more dull, Michelle. But, you know, Twitter drama, any social media drama can be tiresome. But it also provides us with some great podcast topics, fodder, if you will, and an opportunity to look at those topics biblically. You know, that's one of our goals here at A Word Fitly Spoken. We want to help you to think through topics and whatever circumstances you're in in a biblical way. Yes, it sure does. And it's good practice for when situations come up in your own life or a friend's life or your church. You know, you can get some practice with the podcast now so you'll know how to think and pray and act biblically later. So let's get to work. Our topic tonight is women in seminary or womenary, if you will. <laughs> and it was it was one of those topics that was inspired by Twitter where it recently came to light that Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, SBTS, at its spring 2022 commencement ceremony awarded a BA in pastoral ministry to a woman. So why was there a kerfuffle over this on Twitter? You know, Amy, we've probably got some new listeners or listeners who are new Christians who might not understand why this is problematic. Can you help them out? Well, I think we can. You know, we've discussed this a number of times on the podcast. So just to sum things up, Scripture is abundantly clear that women are not to be pastors, nor are they to preach to men or instruct them in Scriptures or exercise authority over men in the gathering of the church body. 1 Timothy 2.12 is the most concise and direct passage about this issue, and it says this, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, Southern Baptists have historically done a pretty good job of obeying this biblical truth. So when a Southern Baptist seminary admits a woman to a pastoral ministry degree program, it's bound to spark some righteous anger. Yeah, it really is. And as a Southern Baptist who's been watching the elites in my denomination undermine and in many cases just flat out deny scripture for years, it certainly made me angry. You know, why would a Southern Baptist seminary academically prepare women for the pastorate since it's unbiblical for a woman to be a pastor? So tonight, what we want to do is discuss this whole issue of seminary for women. We want to, we want to take a look at several questions. Why would a woman want to attend seminary in the first place? Is it biblical for women to attend seminary? If it is, what kinds of classes and degree programs should be open to women? Is it biblical for women to teach in seminaries? And if so, are there certain classes they shouldn't be teaching? And then how can you know if you personally should attend seminary? But Amy, I think first, we better clear something up about the nature of seminary itself that some of our listeners might not be aware of. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, Michelle. Some people hear the word seminary and they think that it's synonymous with pastor school. You know, I've done that too. Law schools, for instance, train people to be lawyers. Medical schools train people to be doctors. And they may practice different kinds of law or medicine when they graduate, but they all graduate as lawyers or doctors. Some seminaries are pastor schools in that sense. Uh, for instance, the Master's Seminary and Grace Bible Theology 
Theological Seminary, both of which Michelle and I would highly recommend, are pastor schools. And all they do is train students for the pastorate, so neither of them admit women. There are no women students at these seminaries, and others like them, because it's not biblical for women to be pastors, so there's really no point in training them for pastoral ministry. That's right. But other seminaries, including all six of the Southern Baptist Convention's seminaries, offer a wide variety of undergraduate and graduate degree programs besides strictly training men for the pastorate. Let's take the seminary in question, Southern Seminary, for example. Southern offers 16 different bachelor's degree programs, as well as a variety of graduate degrees. But listen to how varied just these bachelor's degree programs are. You can get a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies, Christian Counseling, Elementary Education, English, Global Studies. I think that's probably for people who are going into international missions, uh, History, Pre-Law, Humanities, Justice and Social Ethics, Pastoral Ministry, Philosophy, Philosophy, Politics, and Economics, that's all one degree, Social Studies, Student Ministry, Theology, and Worship Ministry. So it's important that we understand that there are two different types of seminaries, you know, the kind that only prepares students for the pastorate, and then the kind that offers a wider variety of degrees that prepare students for pastoral and non-pastoral ministry. Yes, and knowing that difference is important when we start thinking about the first few questions that we're going to cover here tonight. For instance, why might a woman want to go to seminary in the first place? Is it biblical for a woman to attend seminary? And if it is biblical, what kinds of classes and degree programs should be open to women? If a woman wants to go to seminary, she first has to have some idea of what a seminary is and what it does. If she's under the impression that seminary only prepares students to be pastors, then the reason she wants to attend is to become a pastor. It would be unbiblical for her to attend seminary for that reason, and it's unbiblical for a seminary to admit a woman in order to prepare her for the pastorate. But if a woman understands that a seminary can be a good place to go and learn more about the Bible or theology, you know, just because she wants to grow in her knowledge of God's Word, or because she wants to be a better women's Bible study teacher, or because she wants to be better equipped to teach her own children the Bible, or because she wants to get a degree in history or English or elementary education in a Christian setting. You know, those reasons and many others are all perfectly biblical reasons why a woman might want to attend seminary and take those non-pastoral classes or pursue a non-pastoral degree. And it would be perfectly biblical for a seminary to admit a woman uh, for any of its non-pastoral classes or degree programs in that case. Yeah, that's right. And just to flesh all of that out a little, let's go back to the woman who just graduated from Southern Seminary in pastoral ministry. Think back to those 16 degree programs I read off earlier. In my estimation, you know, it I, it seems like about 13 or 14 of those 16 degree programs would be just fine for a woman to enroll in because they wouldn't prepare her for a 
for a position in the church that's prohibited by scripture. This is one of the reasons that there was so much outcry over Southern Seminary graduating a woman with a degree in pastoral ministry. It's the only degree program specifically designated as pastoral, and they had 13 other programs they could have put her in instead. You know, if this woman had no intention of becoming a pastor, but just wanted to learn scripture better so she could teach her children or the that she could teach her children the Bible or she could teach women at her church in a Bible study or something like that. There's a biblical studies program for that, which requires zero hours of pastoral ministry classes, whereas the pastoral ministry program requires 24 hours of pastoral ministry classes, including one called Pastoral Ministry and Leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the the objections that people raised to me during this whole Twitter hullabaloo was, well, there's there's a difference between a woman getting a degree in pastoral ministry that she might never use to become a pastor and then a woman applying for a job as a pastor at a church or a seminary conferring a pastoral ministry degree on a woman is fine. It's the you know, it's the church that then hires that woman to be a pastor that's in the wrong. So in other words, they're saying there's no violation of 1 Timothy 2.12 at the seminary level because that's just classes. That's not a woman actually pastoring. The only fault would be at the church level of her either becoming a pastor or a church hiring her to be a pastor. So I want to give you all a little illustration to help dispel that argument, because that's a faulty argument. So this little illustration, it's not a perfect one-to-one correlation, but it's about as close as I can get. Let's say that there's a medical school at a Christian university that offers students a class in abortion technique. Now, they don't perform actual abortions in the class, but they're still proactively teaching students how to perform abortions. Does that Christian university get off on a technicality with God just because students aren't actually abortionists murdering another human being in class? Or is that university in sin for equipping students to murder babies? Or does it only become a sin when that student graduates and applies for a job as an abortionist or when an abortion clinic hires that graduate as an abortionist? Think of it as a legal analogy. Okay, first degree murder is a crime, right? But aiding and abetting murder, conspiracy to commit murder, attempted murder, none of which are actually the direct commission of a murder are still crimes. They still make you a criminal in the eyes of the law. Just like a seminary aiding and abetting women preaching and conspiring to create women pastors still makes them guilty in the eyes of God. As Christians, we would be appalled at any Christian university that taught medical students abortion technique, regardless of whether or not any of those students actually ever became abortionists. Why? Because we believe murder is a sin, and we don't think a Christian institution ought to be training students in how to sin. And we ought to be just as appalled at a Christian seminary training women in pastoral skills, because women pastoring is a sin, and a Christian institution ought not be training students in how to sin. The difference between the two is that we don't really believe that women pastoring is a sin, because we don't really believe the Bible about that. 
Yeah, that's right, Michelle. And in this particular um, Twitter hullabaloo, uh, that you know, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the outcry came when um, the student in question, the graduate, uh, said that she was you know, teaching a course where she was actually preaching and being critiqued on her preaching uh, to the men in the room. So she was actually preaching to men, but it was just the classroom, not a church. So, you know, that was kind of the argument that was going around. And yet we really ought to remember that we don't have to outwardly directly commit a sin in order to be guilty, right? The desire to sin, it is itself sinful. For example, uh, Matthew 5, 27 and 28 says this, and this is Jesus uh, speaking here. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And we're not to create circumstances that are conducive to sinning either, like admitting a woman into a pastoral ministry program that equips her to commit sin. Because Romans thirteen fourteen says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So when it comes to sin, we're supposed to flee as far as we can, even from the hint of it, not, you know, go looking for loopholes and technicalities to make provision for it, not seeing how far we can press that boundary right up until, you know, we cross over it. We're not supposed to justify it, nor are we ever to excuse it. That is so right. And we, you know, it's, it is just crazy these days how people are, are trying to justify sin. You know, when, when the Bible yeah. clearly says that we're to flee from sin and, and have nothing to do with it, we're not even to give the appearance of participating in anything evil. So it's, it's really just yeah. crazy. That is correct. Well, why don't we uh, now move on from women attending seminary to teaching in seminaries. Um, we want to go back about four years ago, a uh, pastor by the name of John Piper, he's pretty famous, you may have heard of him, and he was asked, is it okay for women to teach pastors in training at seminaries? Now, notice he was specifically asked about women teaching pastors in training. Essentially, his answer was no, because his position is that experienced pastor mentors should be training up young pastors, and since it's unbiblical for women to serve as pastors themselves, they lack the experience necessary to mentor pastors in training. A perfectly biblical and reasonable answer, don't you think, Michelle? Yeah, absolutely. I it makes perfect sense to me, biblically and logically. I don't know why it wouldn't make <laughs> sense to everybody. It's pretty straightforward. Well, 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 it didn't take uh, long before the objections began to happen, and it did not make sense to the egalitarian world, and they absolutely roasted John Piper on Twitter, including Beth Moore and her daughter, Melissa, who helps Beth, uh, who helps uh, run Beth's ministry. And here's what, here's what Beth had to say in her tweet. She said, thank you. The overreach makes me want to pull my hair out. Our voices have no value to a seminarian. None. Zero. Nothing we can speak into? Across the board? Not even how to treat more than half of your congregations? No wonder we have to beg to be valued and heard by our brothers. 
And then her daughter, Melissa, chimed in with this. She said, if you are interested in going to seminary, please do not give your time or your money to an institution that does not hire female faculty. For the love of God, and I can't even read that without thinking that she's blaspheming God. For the love of God, she wrote, we do not need any more people serving in the church who have only been taught by men. Ouch. So, from a biblical perspective, Michelle, their opinions just don't make sense. Women are not qualified to serve as pastors. Why on earth would we want them to be training pastors? And not only that, what student wouldn't want the most qualified and experienced professors he could get for his tuition money? You know, Michelle, you had a great illustration about this when you addressed this situation on your blog recently. You said, let's say you were the dean of neurosurgery at a department at a medical school, and a gentleman, totally blind from birth, comes in and applies for a position teaching surgical practicum, you know, cutting, suturing, removing tumors, that kind of thing. And he has held positions teaching various subjects at other universities, so his ability to impart information is not in question, but he has never performed surgery in his life because he's blind. Would you hire him to train neurosurgeons to perform brain surgery? And well, of course, no medical school would do such a ridiculous and foolish thing. But even though the preaching and teaching of God's word is far more important than brain surgery, there are some seminaries who are willing to play the fool and let women train pastors. You know, the reason Dr. Piper's answer caused a bit of a kerfuffle is that he has limited his answer to the question question he was asked. He was asked if women should train pastors, and that's the question he answered. Egalitarians like Beth and Melissa Moore took his answer of no to mean that no woman should ever teach anything to anyone in any seminary anywhere ever. That's not what Dr. Piper said. He said women should not train men for the pastorate. And he was right. That would mean women should not teach things like homiletics and other classes that are specifically geared toward preaching and pastoring. However, as we have seen, and there are many classes and degree programs that are more generalized, that it would be fine for a woman to teach, right? There's nothing wrong with women teaching things like music theory, finance, general education classes like math, history, and English, archaeology, legal issues, languages, businesses, on and on and on, even in a seminary. That's so true, Amy. You know, we we really need to think these things through carefully. And while we need to be sure we're not crossing the line into things that women shouldn't do, we also need to be careful not to prohibit women from doing things that don't violate Scripture, like right. teaching algebra or French or whatever. There's certainly no pro- biblical prohibition against that. Okay, well, so now that we've established that it's biblically okay for women with non-pastoral aspirations to attend seminary in a non-pastoral degree program or classes, maybe some of our listeners are considering whether they personally should attend seminary. If you want to attend seminary because you're thinking about going into some sort of full or part-time ministry or because you want to serve at your church or just for personal growth, the first thing you'll want to do is to consider what Scripture has to say about it. So let's take a look at a few biblical passages that any woman considering seminary or a career in ministry could should consider. 
Most of these passages are rather long, so rather than reading them, we're going to give you the references and then just a quick summary of what that passage is about so that you can look them up later and study them on your own. Okay, so the first passage is 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15, and this is the I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man passage. You cannot biblically pursue the office of pastor, elder, associate pastor, or any other position which requires you to preach, teach scripture to men, or hold authority over men in the gathered body of believers. If you're a woman who's going to seminary in order to pursue such a position, you are already biblically disqualified from seminary and ministry. Okay, so that's our first passage. Second passage, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, the fruit of the Spirit. How is your fruit looking? You know, if, you're, if your life doesn't generally reflect the fruit of the Spirit, you're probably not ready for seminary or ministry. In fact, you might want to examine yourself against Scripture to see if you're, you're actually saved, you know, because it's important that as Christians, our lives just naturally exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. What are some of those other passages, Amy? Well, how about 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1? You know, these may be qualifications specifically for pastors, elders, and deacons, which are all offices restricted to men, but the underlying principles would extend to anyone in a position of Christian leadership, and nearly all of them apply to Christians in general. Indeed, Paul says in 1 Timothy 3.15 that he is writing these things so that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. And then in uh, Genesis 2.18 and Ephesians 5.22 through 33, and uh, Titus 2.3 through 5, 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5. You know, you can write these down and look them up, ladies, but these are passages about being a godly wife and mother. And if you're married and or have children, Scripture is clear. That is, your primary calling is to be a helper to your husband and to raise godly children and manage your household well. Any seminary classes or degrees or ministry positions that you pursue should not, cannot interfere with or impede your first calling. Um, that goes for work too, ladies. Not not a crime to work outside the home, but remember your first calling. Additionally, if your husband objects to you attending seminary or pursuing a career in ministry, Scripture mandates that you do submit to him and respect his decision. Now, 1 Corinthians 7, I'm going to pick this up at uh, 32 through 35, or you could just write it down too. Uh, this passage is about serving the Lord as a single woman. And if you're single with no children, God has given you the precious gift of being able to serve and focus solely on Him. And it may be the perfect time for you to attend seminary or serve Him in full-time ministry. And Michelle, I, if you recall, uh, we had a, our friend Elizabeth Prada that we interviewed uh, on a program here not too long ago on an episode, and she goes to a, an online cemetery. Uh, I believe she goes through the Institute for Church Leadership. It's it's excellent, and uh, and she's doing that biblically. She is learning all about Scripture, and, and uh, she's got a, a blog. We'll, we'll link that program up in our uh, show notes today. But uh, if you've studied these passages that we've just talked about and your desire to attend seminary or pursue Christian ministry, 
seems to fit with them, take the next step. Pray about it. Search the scriptures and seek wise counsel from your husband, your pastor, and uh, godly older women in your church. And then you'll want to consider and evaluate the ministry you're already doing in your church. Because if you don't already love being a faithful serving member of a local church, seminary isn't going to change that. And also be sure you realize that there are a lot of things about ministry that are difficult and that uh, seminary doesn't prepare you for, does it? <laughs> That's for sure. As the wife of a former seminarian and, and a former uh, pastor, I can certainly attest to that. Well, you'll also want to be certain that you choose a seminary that's doctrinally sound. Unfortunately, the seminaries that Amy and I would recommend as the most doctrinally sound are also the ones that Amy mentioned earlier, uh, the Master's Seminary and Grace Bible Theological Seminary, which only admit men. So as a doctrinally sound Christian and former student advisor at LSU, this is right up my alley right here. I used to advise (laughs) students on things like this all the time. Uh, But here is what I would recommend for you. If you want to pursue a degree at a seminary, I'm not really sure what to tell you. I don't know of a single seminary that admits women that I would recommend outright. There, There might be some that are good and that are out there. I'm just not familiar with them. Um, I hate to say it, but I would not recommend any of the Southern Baptist Convention's six seminaries, Southern, Southeastern, Southwestern, New Orleans, Gateway, or Midwestern. You've already heard about Southern conferring a pastoral ministry degree on a woman, and I have no doubt that similar things are happening at all five of the other Southern Baptist seminaries that are out there. Uh, there are issues with critical race theory in the classroom, wokeism, being soft on homosexuality, political shenanigans, and so on. So I just wouldn't recommend any of those six Southern Baptist seminaries. I also wouldn't recommend RTS, that's Reformed Theological Seminary, for some of those same reasons. Um, you could research uh, Mabbitt's uh, Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. I don't know a whole lot about them. It's not actually in the Southern Baptist Convention, and that's where the Conservative Baptist Network seems to be headquartered, so that's a plus. But it does have a lot of connections to the Southern Baptist Convention, so I would imagine that it probably has some of the same problems as SBC seminaries. But really, what I would recommend, instead of trying to find a decent seminary, is that you find a solid Bible college or Christian university to pursue a degree at instead. And for that, I would recommend you start by looking at the master's university. There's the master's seminary, which only admits men, but the master's university is more just of a Christian college, and they do admit women. And that's, um, you know, that you can think of that as the John MacArthur School out there in California. And it's, it's more Baptistic. Or you could also check out Reformation Bible College. That's the, the R.C. Sproul School. And it's going to be more Presbyterian. So that's a good place to start if you really want to pursue a degree. Yeah, and if you don't want to pursue an actual degree, but only take just a few classes here and there, there are a few more options open to you, ladies. First, if it wouldn't bother your conscience and you could draw a mental line between being a full-time student at one of the seminaries Michelle mentioned before, and just taking a class or two from a trustworthy professor who happens to teach there, you could do your research and find a doctrinally sound professor at one of those seminaries and sign up for his class. 
You know, there are also seminaries that will let you audit uh, particular classes in person or online. That's always a good idea. And then there are a couple of good non-seminary, non-university resources that we could recommend. And of course, we'll have links for all of these in the show notes. Uh, the first one is the Ligonier website's teaching series, and they have hundreds, hundreds of online lecture series from teachers like R.C. Sproul, Steve Lawson, Joel Beakey, uh, John MacArthur, and many more on all kinds of biblical topics, uh, books of the Bible, church history, theology, and so on. And uh, most of them seem to be available for free. So that's always a good thing, right? Uh, the second is the Institute of Public Theology at Founders Ministries. Uh, you might remember uh, Tom Askell, whom we had on a guest as a guest uh, recently, mentioning the IOPT in our interview with him a few weeks ago. Uh, it's more of a formalized program uh, that uh, is a uh, similar to a seminary, and we've confirmed with founders that the only classes restricted to men are the preaching and the pastoral ministry classes. There is an application process, and tuition is charged, so it's not free. IOPT cl- uh, offers classes like New Testament hermeneutics and church history taught by professors like Vody Bauckham, Tom Askell, uh, Carl Truman, uh, many others. So good options. Right. I think, yeah, I think those would be two really good options for women who are not that concerned with getting a degree, but really just want a good quality uh, education, really just want to learn more about scripture and theology and things of that nature. Yeah. All right. So if you've gone through the process of searching your heart, searching the scriptures, getting good counsel, praying for wisdom, and finding a doctrinally sound program of study, and you still want to go to seminary or seek out a ministry position, then look, trust God to guide you and go for it. You should. You really should. And it really is that simple, you know, just to go through that process and, and determine uh, uh, through prayer and study and counsel and everything, whether that is a good option for you or not. You know, it really is that simple. Desiring to dedicate your life to serving the Lord or to study more about Him in seminary, uh, that's a good and God-pleasing desire. If you, if you can accomplish those goals within the parameters Scripture has laid out for godly women, why wouldn't you pursue it? Knowledge is such a good thing, and and um, there's no reason, like you said, not to pursue knowledge. It, it's good. We we want that biblical wisdom. Well, before we wrap things up for this episode of A Word Fitly Spoken, uh, we do want to let you know that Michelle and I uh, are going on an every other week podcast schedule for the summer months. We did this last summer, and uh, I, I think it worked out very well for our families. You know, we want to serve them and uh, spend some time with loved ones and, and do the summary things. And so, Every other week, uh, starting next week through Labor Day, I think is that that's what we're going to do. So feel free to browse our other podcasts if you need your Amy and Michelle fix. But uh, uh, you know, do seek out the Lord and uh, make sure you're staying in His Word. Yes, absolutely. And we'll miss y'all while we're gone. You know, we've got some some trips we're going to take and some things we're going to do. And and for me, some things I need to catch up on <laughs> that I need the time for in <laughs> yes. the summer. So. Um, yeah, just go back and, and maybe even re-listen to some of those older episodes and, and uh, you know, let us know what you think. Stay in touch with us on social media and all that. We'd love to hear from you. 
We would. And before we close out, we do have an encouraging comment from one of our listeners that we just wanted to share with you. Uh, this one is from, um, I, I think it's pronounced Jack uh, in the United States, and she left us a five-star review on iTunes and this wonderful comment. She said, I just found you recently, and I am enjoying catching up on older podcasts. So much information to process and research for myself. Thank you for this wonderful tool. Well, thank you so much for listening. We are really glad a word fitly spoken has been helpful. We want it to be a resource for uh, for our listeners. And we would love to read your comments on next week's episode. So if you would like to leave us a review and a positive comment wherever you listen to a word fitly spoken, you can do that. And don't forget to stop by our website, a word fitly spoken dot life and go check out all our other resources. And until next time, whether it's in seminary, at church, or just you alone with your Bible, study to show yourself approved and walk worthy. 